Open your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 13, the Gospel of Luke chapter 13. Today we're picking back up in our study here in Luke chapter 13. We've had two awesome weeks, I believe, uh, off or, or in between our study here in Luke's Gospel. We had one on the grace of God shown to us through Jesus, that through Jesus we have received grace upon grace. And then last week we had a week focusing on the forgiveness we have because of the death of Jesus on the cross. And if you remember last week we saw that we are holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Hear that again. As a follower of Christ today, you are, we are, I am holy and blameless and beyond reproach because Jesus died in our place at Calvary. We had two very timely, I believe, awesome messages for God, and I'm excited about that. Praise God for that. Then today, we're going to come back uh, to our study here in Luke's gospel. Today, we have a message that I believe, and I am sure, Satan does not want the world to hear. It's a message that he wants us to water down. He wants us to change it. He wants us to adapt it to what is politically correct. And it is a message that he does not want the world to hear. In fact, I'll tell you this, it is a message he doesn't want you to hear. He does, it's a message he doesn't want Vernon, Texas to hear. And that message is this today, that there is salvation in Jesus Christ alone. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And you be very sure today the world does not approve of that. Our culture today cannot endorse that. The, today you watch the whole lot of churches have, have turned away from that message. There are fewer and fewer preachers that want to say that. But God's truth this morning is there is salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Now there are some who say, well, you know what, that sounds ignorant. You know what, that sounds too small. That sounds like it's going to exclude a lot of people. Well, that is the biblical truth. Very interesting. Luke also writes in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name, not another name. There is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Our message today is entitled, it's a continuation of what we were doing a couple of weeks ago, A Narrow Truth, A Narrow Truth. We are again in Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 27. Luke chapter 13, verses 22 through 27. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me. And I want to tell you, this is not something we do just out of routine. We're standing in honor of God's word. And he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you will begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you're from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you're from. 
Depart from me, all you evildoers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful to come and to be in your presence today. And I'm thankful that we can come and worship you today. We can set our eyes upon you, and we can praise you, and we can thank you. We can, we can come and read your word, and we can hear your word, and it would strengthen us and teach us. I'm thankful that your presence, again, is, is indwelt us, lives in us, but also is here with us. I pray that in this hour, it'd be a supernatural hour. I, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. And I pray that we'd have a, maybe a renewed understanding and a renewed urgency today. I pray for some in this room who do not have peace because they do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I pray on this day that in the preaching of your word and the drawing of your spirit and maybe the hardness and the things of life, maybe that they today would understand their answers in Jesus Christ alone. Move in their hearts as well. I come today and just praise you and honor you and thank you. And I pray in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. So we begin today, remember again the context. And in verse 22, it says that Jesus is going from city to city. He's going from places with a larger population to, to other cities. He's also going, it says, from village to village, places with less population. And so basically, we see that he's going to the big towns. He's going to the small towns. Basically, he is going to all places. And the Bible says that as he goes, when he goes, he is teaching. Now, remember from a couple of weeks ago, he is teaching the truth of the gospel. He is teaching who he is, that, that he is the Christ, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior come for mankind. So he is going from all these places, and he is teaching the truth of who he is. Verse 22 also says that he is proceeding, he is making his way towards Jerusalem, where we know and where he knew as well that the cross, the place of his death, the cross, the place of our redemption, waits on him. Verse 23 says, on the way, that as he's doing that, that somebody says, and we're not sure who it is, but somebody says, and maybe it is as a question, and I believe it's more as an observation, but somebody says, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved. He's going place to place and he's proclaiming who he is and, and somebody comes and maybe it is a question, but I, I believe it's an observation and he says, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? Then we pick up with the answer from Jesus in verse 24. Let's begin with verse 24. Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Now, let me just tell you, it is important that we clearly understand verse 24. There are two or three things that could be misinterpreted or could be misapplied here in verse 24. And it's a big deal that we clearly understand verse 24. As we look at verse 24 this morning, I want to make three points. I want to show you three big things for us to note here in Verse 24. Now, the first thing to see, the first thing to understand is the narrow door. The narrow door. Jesus has been talking about his kingdom, 
Someone has just asked him, are there just a few folks that are going to be saved? And Jesus responds by painting a picture of a narrow door. Now, see the picture here. Get the point here. To be a member of the kingdom, to be saved, the entry point is not a wide swath. It is not a broad path. It is not even a wide door, but Jesus says it is a small, narrow door. Now listen to me very carefully. And that narrow door is Jesus Christ alone. That's what he's saying. You know what? There's not some big highway that rolls in here. There's not some big path that leads here. There's not even a big door. It is a narrow door. And that narrow door is Jesus Christ alone. John chapter 10 verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door, and if anyone enters through me, he will be saved. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way. Notice he doesn't say, I am a way, or I'm part of many ways. He says, I am the way, and no one will come to the Father unless it is through me. Be sure today, the only way to be right with God, the only way to be a citizen of God's kingdom The one and only and exclusive way to be saved is through Jesus Christ alone. Good works won't get you there. A good life, as many are hoping, it will not end there. Being a spiritual person, oh, they were a a spiritual person. Being a spiritual person will not get you there. Islam, Buddhism, Krishna, Joseph Smith, all those ways headed in all those directions. They're not going there. It's only through Jesus Christ. It's Satan's plan, I know. But today there is a big push to broaden the entry point. Now, I know what Satan's up to, but I think there's some other folks that would say, well, wouldn't it be better if more people made it? Wouldn't it be better if more people were part of the kingdom? And so for whatever reason, and I know Satan's reason, there is a push today to broaden the entry point. And there's people that would say, you know what? If you can just find God, then it doesn't matter how you find God, but if you could just find God, then hallelujah, you're gonna be saved. And there's a whole lot of folks saying that today. There's folks and they're saying, you know what? If you would just love If you would just be a person of love, because that's the essence of God, if you'll just love, you'll be saved. And so, you know what, I'm just loving people, and therefore I'm saved. Hallelujah. And they're trying to broaden the entry point. Well, Jesus says here, you know what, that may sound good. You know what, that may ease your conscience. You know what, a whole lot of people may like that. But Jesus says, the truth is, there is a narrow door, and I am that door. That's the first thing. Second thing to see here is pretty interesting. It says, strive to enter. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Now, let's think about that for a second. It says, strive to enter through this narrow door. The Greek word for strive here has the same root and therefore has the same meaning as the word agonize. It means to do something in a great strain or to do something with a great exertion. It it really kind of holds the thought to fight for something. And so the verse is saying here, strain or desire or fight or push 
to enter through the narrow door. Now, what in the world does that mean? Do we have to work our way? Do we have to fight our way? Do we have to to push our way into salvation? Is that what that is saying? No. It means this. Now think about this. It means that when you see your sin, and I want to tell you, when you truly see your sin, and we're conditioned to explain away our sin and to think lightly of our sin, but when you truly see your sin, and when you see your guilt, and when you see your shame because of that sin, and when you see that you're hopeless and helpless, and that's your lot in life because of your sin, and when you know that you are dead in your sin, and that you're condemned, and you're awaiting the final reality of hell, when you see that, when you understand that, and then when you see Jesus, And in his word and in his spirit, it is revealed to you, you know what? He is my hope. He is my savior. He is the Christ. When you understand about your sin and when you understand who Jesus is, your heart, and I mean your very being, should yearn to enter in. Your heart should yearn to receive him through the narrow door. Tell you this. Jesus is the life. I've had enough death. Tell you this, if if Jesus is the truth, I don't want to hear any more lies. If Jesus is the way, then let's go that way. And that's what he says. There is a narrow door, and it's him. Jesus is that door. You know, when we see that, my, my heart ought to just yearn. Oh, I want to be forgiven. Oh, I want to have peace with God. And I yearn to enter in through that door. That's what that means. Third thing. Verse says this. I tell you, many will seek to enter and not be able. Many are going to seek to enter in through that narrow door. And it says they're not going to be able. And I want to go slow here. I want to, I want to think about something and answer a question here. Are there people who will want to put their faith in Jesus? Are there people who will want to trust in Jesus for their salvation? And he'll say no. It's kind of what it seems like here. Are there people who who are going to seek to enter in through the narrow door, Jesus, but that door is not for them? Listen to me this morning. Hear this today. Absolutely not. The Bible says if you seek, you will find. Bible says, for God so loved the world, I want to tell you, he loved all the world. Jesus here, look at the context. Jesus here is going from place to place. That's why he's going from place to place. And he is urgently calling people to believe. He's urgently calling sinners unto himself. And and he's headed for the cross of Calvary where he's going to make a way for them. But on the way, as he goes from little town to big city, he is pleading, only believe, only believe. Luke chapter 19 says the Son of Man came to seek. That's why he's going town to town. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. Now what does that mean today? It means this. Listen. Whatever your sin is, and you hear me, whatever whatever your sin is, and whatever your past is, and whatever your heart was, or whatever your heart is today, whatever your reputation might be, Listen to me, Jesus died for you. 
He is your narrow door. And Jesus is calling to you, only believe, only believe. Now that's good news for me. That's good news for you. Now the reason he says that in verse 24, there's going to be some that are going to seek to go in, they're not going to be able to go in, is because of the event of verse 25. Let's look at verse 25. Jesus continues and he says, Once the head of the house gets up and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I do not know where you are from. Now verse 25 says, Jesus says, God in his word says, there will be a day when the door is shut. That's what verse 25 says. There'll be a day when the door is shut. There'll be a day when God's grace to lost people will no longer be extended. There'll be a day when God's salvation by faith in his precious son Jesus will no longer be available. And there will be a day when the narrow door will be shut. And you hear me today, you listen to me on that day for those outside of Christ. The way and the truth and the life will no longer be a message of hope, but it'll be a rendering of condemnation because of their rejection. On that day, God's throne of grace will become God's throne of judgment where the fierce anger of God against sin will overflow the wine press of his wrath. On that day, God's mercy offered to the sacrifice of Jesus will become his justice now served and it's gonna roll downhill like a river. And on that day, the sacrifice of the lamb will become the wrath of the lamb, Revelation chapter 16, and the narrow door will be shut. The verse says that they'll stand outside and they'll knock and they'll say, Lord, open up to us. Lord, open up unto us. The Greek word here, the Greek verb, is in the continual tense. It means that they will knock and they will keep on knocking. Lord, open up unto us. Lord, open up unto us. But the narrow door has been shut. And he says, I do not know where you're from. Look at verse 26. And then you'll begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. Let me go ahead and read verse 27. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. See this in these two verses. These people were familiar with Christ. These people, they were acquainted with, with Christ. They were knowledgeable about Christ. Understand, in this culture, to eat with somebody was a sign that you were friends. To eat with somebody meant that you were well known to each other. Get this, hear this today. There's a difference in eating where somebody is at and actually having a relationship with that person. Understand, there's a difference in being where someone is teaching and actually receiving what is taught. That's what he's telling them here. You know what? We were your friends. We were acquainted with you. You know what? It's more than that. Today in our churches, how sad it will be 
to hear it and to hear it and to hear but to not listen. How sad it is to sit in the fellowship of believers but not to be in fellowship with Jesus. I'm afraid sometimes that's what's happening in the church today. Now you read that set of verses and you might say, wow, that's tough. Wow, that's, that's a hard truth. I'm going to tell you, not at all. No, not at all. Not even close. He is going to Calvary. This isn't, this isn't a hard statement. He's going to Calvary where he's going to die. That's going to be the hard thing. But as he's going, he's saying, you know what? There's still time. There's still hope. There is a door. And I am that door. And the door is still open. And he says, only believe, only believe. Same thing this morning. Jesus calls sinners into himself. Only believe. Only believe. Several years back, many years back, I was asked to preach the funeral for a lady. It was a lady I did not know, and they needed a preacher for her service. She had died tragically, very sad death, very tragic death. She was in her 40s, believe in her mid-40s. She had kids, had a family, had a big family. And they gathered on this day, and it was a big service. She was young, she, she worked, she had a lot of friends, and, and it was a big service. And I remember they came in, and I remember the hurt in their eyes. I remember the, the, the brokenness. And man, they were, they were hurting. And the brokenness that was, was there in their countenance was just covered up in, in uncertainty. And they, did, they didn't know which way was up. And they didn't know which way to turn. And I, I remember those faces sitting there. And I preached. God is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. And I want to tell you, he, he hasn't left y'all and he hasn't forsaken y'all. And my, my prayer is that maybe this is a turning point and you're going you're to find peace in God and, and you have that hope. And, and I preached those verses, but then I went on and I, and I preached from John chapter 14 and I told him, you know what, God has a plan for his people in death and this is, this is not random. And man, we're caught off guard today, but, but he's not caught off guard. And I, I told him, don't let your heart be troubled. They were broken. Don't let your heart be troubled. They were broken. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are, are many mansions. And I told him, you know what? He has a, he has a plan for Christians. And he, he says that he's going to go and prepare a place. And if I come, prepare a place, I'll come again and, and receive you into myself. That where I am there, you'll be also. And I, and I tell him, you know what? He has a plan for Christians. And then, and then I sit there and I look at these sad people. And I tell him, you know what? There is a way. There is a way. And it's through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, verse 6, it, it says, you know what, there's hope and there's peace and there's eternal life in Jesus. And I, and I finished the service by saying, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss that promise in Jesus. Service is over. Now watch their faces. And I see their faces. Those faces become part of you. I remember their faces. They start to eat, leave the service. The service concludes and the 
funeral home guys are ushering them out, and they're going out in an orderly fashion. And, and the dad, this lady's dad, was, was not from the same town, didn't live in the same town as this lady. And, and evidently they'd had some problems, and they hadn't been very close in years. And, and he'd divorced the mother and every, all the stuff that goes with that, and they'd had these problems. But he turns, and instead of going out, he turned and he, he set his eyes upon me and he started to walk at a, at a very fast pace and he, and he walked up to where I was at and, and I'm standing at the foyer and he walks up and he, and he grabs my coat and he pushes my coat up and he, and he jerks me close and he's got my, my coat lifted up and he, and he begins to cry and tears are running down his face and he, he really begins to wail and he's, he's standing there, he's crying and he says, he says about a foot from my face, preacher, is my daughter in heaven, preacher? My girl, my daughter, is she in heaven, preacher? Tell me she's in heaven and he's wailing. And he has my coat, is she in heaven? That's my daughter. All I can say, not as a preacher, but as a dad, looking in the eyes of another dad, I don't know. And he slumped over. He caved in. He walked out. Why would you wait? What are you waiting for? It is a narrow door, yes, but it is the door. Only believe. Only believe. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for you and I'm thankful for your love that's not dependent upon us getting right, it's not dependent on us cleaning ourselves up, really really no condition that you place on us. Your love's eternal. Thankful for your grace upon grace shown to us through Christ and how that fits in with this. I'm thankful for the cross of Calvary where our record is, is forever cleared off and we become the righteousness of Christ. I'm thankful that there is a narrow door. And his name is Jesus. And may I never think that's, that's something too small or something too light because I know it cost your son. I know his blood ran out. And may I never think a narrow door is not enough. But I also pray that we would have and I would have an increased urgency to proclaim the door that we have in Jesus Christ. I pray for some here today and maybe they do not have peace. I pray that today they would receive Jesus Christ by faith. I ask that you would move. I ask that you would work. I ask that you'd convict our hearts and change us from within. I ask that we'd be a church that's, that's purely focused upon you and your glory and, and your commission and your call. And I, and I pray that there wouldn't be days that we'd have to see these, these crushed faces. There wouldn't be nights we'd have to see their crushed faces. We could know they found the door. They found Jesus. Tell you we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We ask that in this time of invitation that you would truly work. Pray for some in this service right now that need to, to take a stand for Jesus Christ. I pray that they would be empowered, that they would be emboldened, that your spirit would lead them and draw them. Pray that it would be for your glory. Move at this time. We thank you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.